This is the Friday, February 17, 2023 version of the market analysis segment for Market to Market. Traders seem to be kicking the can down the road to next week's USDA Economic Forum as movement was mostly muted for the week. The nearby wheat contract lost 21 cents, while the March more, uh, corn contract shed 3 cents. Bean meal again led the way in the soy complex. The March soybean contract fell by 15 cents, while the March meal contract contracted by 8.30 per ton. March cotton shrank by 5.02, or that's nearly 6% per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, March class 3 milk futures declined by 35 cents. The livestock market was mixed as April cattle added 70 cents. March feeders fell 415 and the April lean hog contract improved $1.95. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index added 26 ticks. March crude oil sold off 326 per barrel. Comex Gold lost $23 per ounce and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index dropped by almost 17 points to settle at 58060. Joining us now is regular market analyst Chris Robinson. Hey, Chris. Hey. Nice to be here. This snow thing <laughs> that you had to drive through, by the way, thank yeah. you, finally hit some of the western wheat belt. Is that the only reason for the rise in price? Wheat's been so oversold for so long. Um, and also, up, up until three weeks ago, when we were still getting commitment to traders' reports, we knew that the funds had a big short position. Uh, betting on lower prices, and the commercials were long. So people were kind of setting up to see who was going to win that battle. Now, we haven't had good data from the commitment of traders for two weeks now. Apparently, there's going to be another week to see. But it certainly feels like this last bump um, was some short covering, especially last Friday, a week ago. Um, we had had a pretty big sell-off. October to January, we lost over 2 bucks for both KC and Chicago. The, the rally we had back, we came back to one of those... Uh, retracements, so we like to look at the 38%. And also, you got to the point now, we're looking ahead to next year. You've got July Chicago wheat flirting with $8, big psychological number. You have July KC flirting with $9, so I think producers are starting to look ahead to that number. Well, give me, uh, give me a little range on that July contract. What do you see? For Chicago? In the next month, yeah. Well, it's very oversold, and we all know what the low is now because we just came off of it in, in um, January, February. So uh, we'll see if there's more upside. But, but we haven't had any follow-through. For the last six months, last year, we know that we have extremely tight supplies. Um, and at the end of the day, we've seen uh, uh, more grain come out of Russia than anybody thought was going to come out of Russia. They've pretty much hit every bid quietly uh, over in the Black Sea. And uh, they are going to be re renegotiating that uh, treaty to get stuff out of Ukraine. We'll see if that happens. Any type of uncertainty like, certainty like that. We've had multiple 40, 50 cent rallies, but they don't last. So I've been telling clients, if we get another move like that, nothing beats a good cash sale. Well, and you have, you have some very good detailed advice to clients we'll get to in a minute here uh, with soybeans and corn. Let's move to corn. Uh, export sales, are they starting to turn? We were on par for what was expected this week, but we're running behind schedule at the end of the day. Can we catch people, up? Well, we'll see. That's up, that's up to Mexico. We were just watching Mexico and also uh, with China. China's been kind of you know out of the market. People thought they would come back after the lunar holiday. They really haven't. People thought that we'd be going gangbusters in commodities once they reopened their economy after shutting it down. 
We haven't seen that. Crude oil has, has been kind of the carry of the coal mine, gets to 80 bucks and backs off. I think that's been the, the number one thing to watch is uh, people's anticipation. Oh, here comes China again and the reopening, and it hasn't, it hasn't come through. Okay, uh, on new crop. You have a couple of interesting <laughs> things that you wrote about this week. One was the French frog. We can talk about that. There you go. But I first want to get into a range on this new crop corn. And what percentage do you think someone should be sold on new crop? You had a great opportunity. I mean, nobody has you know, crystal ball. I guess some people out there do, but I don't. Right at the end of the year, we were up at seven, eight month, nine month high. It was, it was a really good bounce for not only uh, new crop corn, but new, uh, new, but new crop beans as well. We had a nice little run up there. Couldn't get above 613. And then now we've been in this miserable trading range for really three months uh, and kind of trending lower, which is the only thing that I'm concerned about. Um, there's also some technical resistance there, 180, 280 moving average, which kind of what affects money flow from the speculators. It's right there around 610, 613, so that's big resistance. Um, the October high at 637, that's going to be the, the high watermark that we're going to be looking ahead as we look into what's going to happen in the spring. Um, that's, you know, we know what that is. So unless we get above 630, 640, it may be a, a sideways to lower market. So are we the frog who's in the water right now and doesn't know that the temperature is rising and we maybe missed our chance at the first of the year to sell? Well, that was the, the most that we sold was 5% of guaranteed bushels. Same thing, we had a bump up. New crop soybeans got up to above $14 uh, for a, about a week and then we, we slammed lower. Um, I think that this time of the year, you look for opportunities like that. You don't want to get too oversold because we don't know what the weather's going to be like. So uh, as tempting as it may be to sell something, I think it's more important to, to set hedges. And uh, the best way to do that is with a put because you keep the upside open. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the weather this year. Well, one thing we know is that Brazil might have a pretty good crop. And Phil in Ontario has a question that he wants to put into our discussion here. With acreage expanding in Brazil this year and surely in the years to come, Chris, are grain prices poised to slump into the future, or will demand grow to consume that supply? Or will seasonality in relation to futures prices be more distinctive during the calendar year? And you could talk either corn or beans or both here. I think new crop corn and new crop beans, there's a reason that we're sitting at near $6 new crop corn and near $14 new crop beans. Especially in, in relevant, when you look at what other commodities have done, you've seen the big pullback in cotton, you've seen the big pullback in crude oil, you've seen the big pullback in things like copper. So there's been money coming out. All that money that was long commodities because they were worried about inflation, now they're kind of worried about, they're kind of whispering the word deflation, right? Uh, nothing really out there yet, but that's probably your biggest concern. But you've got new crop corn and new crop beans, Historically great prices for this time of the year. We're heading into, uh, at the end of the month, we're going to get the insurance price. That's key. That'll set the in insurance price. And we're in really good shape historically. Now, is that going to last? There's two more weeks to go, most likely, you know, unless something drastic happens. But there's a reason that new crop beans are at $14 and new crop, new crop corn is at 6 bucks. To me, that's a gift. And you talked about, um, and so to answer the gentleman's question, I'd say that, the demand is going to really come down to how big of a crop, especially for soybeans. We're looking at a record crop supposedly in Brazil, 5.6 billion bushels. It might get bigger. Mm -hmm. That's compensating for what we've lost in Argentina, right? Because we've been bombarded with Argentinian lost. Right. Um, 
And, and I, I think that the number one thing is going to be, it's, it's like we're playing a game of chicken with China because China is waiting to buy their beans. Are they going to buy their beans from South America? Are they going to buy their beans from us? That's the key. And so if, if you could have an inside tack, track to uh, Mr. Xi Jinping, I think he's, he holds the cards there. Well, not chicken, but beef. Let's talk live cattle. Uh, that is uh, a market that we're getting ready for uh, cattle on feed next week, but we also have consumer inflation data that says doesn't matter what the price is, we're still buying. It's been impressive. For six months, we've all been told the recession's coming. All these you know, experts are saying that they'll just wait. It's just a matter of time. And the market's shrugging it off. So the market's gotten bad news and shrugged it off. The, the uh, continue to see good demand for box beef good demand in the cash market. So we're at eight-year highs in fat cattle, live cattle. We're almost near eight-year highs in um, uh, uh, the uh, feeder cattle. Um, so the market's holding up incredibly well. And you've got old crop corn, you know, flirting with, it's for a while here, you know, 675, 680. That's, that's to me, a sign of strength. The demand's there, and it's flying in the face of all the experts who are saying, look out for the recession. Okay, so... Are you not selling then at these prices? I mean, you just get done saying we've had these incredible good prices in some of the grains. Am I holding some of my live cattle or my feeder options right now? Oh, I would say that this has been, you know, people always argue about, do you want to use futures to hedge or do you want to use options to hedge? Pull up a chart of fat cattle for the last year. It's just gone up and to the, up and to the right, up and to the right. So it's been a classic, like, uh, this is why you want to use puts, because a put option, you set the floor, the market rallies, you participate in the rally. Yeah, you've lost the value of your put, but you could have done that multiple times. Anybody that used futures, you've capped a tremendous rally. I mean, you know, we rallied 20 bucks in a year, and right now we're sitting up here, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we can't go out. We're very, very close to going back and trying to take a look at those 2014 highs. Everybody's looking at that. I know, are we going to get it? Um, I would say, I would hope so. But the simplest way to do it is to ratchet up your floor on your puts. You get to decide how much money you, you spend on your puts. At some point, we're going to have some correction. And nobody knows when that's going to happen, but that's the nice thing about a put. It's like sure. those guys that go mountain climbing. They've got the crampon in there. They slip and fall. You know, they don't drop 1,000 feet. They drop 50 feet, and they can start back again. We fell pretty hard in hogs since the start of the year. Are we done falling there? It feels like it. You know, we went from contract highs to one-year lows, and, and that was really fueled by a lot of money flow. There was a huge amount of money that was bet long. We could see that in the commitment traders uh, at the end of the year. We went to Christmas. It looked like, oh, boy, it's going to be a great year. And, you know, we just we dropped 16 bucks, and it was just was relentless, relentless, relentless. It feels like that all the longs are, are, are out now, finally. We'll see. I think that 80 cent level in April is going to be big. It's a big round number, attracts a lot of attention. Um, but yeah, and we've had a little bit of a bounce. We'll see. It would be interesting to see if the rest of the protein oh. complex can pull up okay. the uh, lean hogs. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate your time. Yep, thank you. Chris Robinson, everybody. We're going to put a pause in this analysis, continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. Find that on our website of markettomarket.org. And we also have more homework for you. This time, several stories we think you may find interesting in our Flipboard magazine of Market to Market reading material. Next week, we look at high school students whose classwork returns dividends to the community. Thank you so very much for watching. Have a great week.